1: your master head to look at me this
2: morning well
1: that's what we call a professional bar. yeah from the team in the joy newsroom from the joy newsroom team we say enjoy your evening the show has been Sunday edition my name is Max Waller bye Bye-bye.
3: bye 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 Says I'm a Makosia filler. But it's not like I'm nosy i or go out to find out the latest filler. It's just that I get 50 megabytes of data free after paying for only the first minute of every call. And so I just keep discovering stuff minute after minute. That's how come I was minding my business, scrolling through my timeline, and I found out Coco has a new baby. Hmm. Oh, and last week, I learned Ken won the lottery. You see, Ken is my brother's friend. So, hello. Look who's about to roll with the rich and famous. <laughs> enjoy even more
1: value with empty and free after one. You only pay for the first minute of your call on empty and free after one. And the rest is free. Plus, you enjoy 350
3: megabytes worth of data
1: to browse your favorite sites. Compare where? Open 10 So dial star 315 to sign up. We day for you everywhere you go. Terms and conditions apply.
3: In these uncertain times, we have discovered that most workers do not have any financial fallback for emergencies. That should not be our story. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, or you simply need more information to make the right financial decisions, then look no further. Join the Access Smart Money Talk, a weekly interactive session hosted by Access Pension Trust. On Smart Money Talk... We feature industry experts to cover various personal finance topics, as well as everyday Ghanians to share their personal finance story. Join us each and every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Facebook Live to be empowered to achieve financial peace of mind. Access Pension Trust, your reliable partner in pensions.
1: was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. When you don't have the Enterprise Advantage app, you're not in control. Boss? Yes, Akweci? I'm at where they sell the coats. What size do you like? Ah, uh, what coats? Coats, coats, office coats. Ah, uh, I said get me a quote. Quotation from Enterprise. Ah, uh, you pa! Oh, whoa, what, oh. Save yourself from the stress. Take advantage of the Enterprise Advantage app. Make your claims, check statements, request for a quote, and buy a policy from any of our subsidiaries. What's more, you can also get health tips, traffic information, find mechanic shops, and more on your Enterprise Advantage app. Download the Enterprise Advantage app on Google Play and Apple Store now. Here is to 95 years of trust. Enterprise, your advantage. Welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to the big conversation on Springboard, your virtual university. What a blessing it is to be alive on a day like this. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm doing this with the support of the Virtual Academic Board, chaired by Comfort, with support from Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, Dominic, Papayao, and Jojo. So tonight, I hereby matriculate you into a week in which you will excel in leadership, finance, business, talent, relationships, education, and everything in between. And if you will do your very best at what you do, just say, Amen. Right. Tonight, I have the honor to welcome one of my favorite people of all time, a woman who has straddled leadership in the political, academic, business religious, social, and family arena. The one and only Auntie Joyce. (laughs) Dr. Joyce, IE is in the studio (laughs) tonight. Dr. Joyce, good to see you. So good to see you. You know, I envy you. Oh dear. Without any reservation. Because on Friday, when we put it out there that you'll be on the show on Sunday, everyone, and for me... What I enjoyed was not just the fans. That's why the fans was huge, but what I enjoyed was that everyone seemed to own their own anti-joys. How do you do it?
4: I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea ex- except to say that um, I I just try to be myself. But well, what is myself? Well, what I, what I do you do? Know. You're doing something right. <laughs> 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 but there's
1: so much we want to find out tonight in yes. this conversation about leadership in uncertain times. But let me just unravel a couple of things. We want to say that Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. And proudly sponsored by some of Ghana's finest brands. Good evening to MTN, MTN, Pulse, Just Bumb Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digibank, Let's Go, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise, Your Advantage, and Axis Pension Trust, your reliable partner in Pensions. A big thank you to the Graphic Business, our print media partner, and look out for the full transcript of tonight's interview on page 18 of the Graphic Business on Tuesday, as well as on My Joy Online and our various friendly portals that put our information out there every single week. So, Auntie Joyce, it's been probably that year that no one ever foresaw. Did ever. you, in, in looking into the spiritual in crystal ball... In my
4: wildest, in my wildest imaginations, I never, ever thought that would be in a year where the whole world virtually grinds to a halt.
1: Auntie Jesse, I know your age was, is something that is is one of the miracles oh, of life, but oh, yes. in all your life, in have you ever...
4: Four years. Wow! In my seventy-four years, never that you know. I mean, portions of the world come to some kind of pause. I wouldn't even say stop. Pause. You know, for example, when Japan went through that terrible earthquake, I think into twenty eleven or so. You know, I mean. Things seemed to be standing still. But then the recovery was so quick. But here we are in 2020. Practically the whole world is on stop. It's amazing. It's amazing, you know. And even reading scripture, you sort of know that there's going to be a time of great difficulty. But somehow, you know, your imagination is that some very wicked guy is going to come and make things so difficult for everybody, of course. Uh, the, the, the the plea is that, oh, Lord, take me away before the tribulation. <laughs> you know? But it's, 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 it's strange. What is happening is strange, to put it mildly. I
1: have a feeling that Considering that other part of our lives that does a bit of writing, I have a feeling that this year is a year that people write about several books about as
4: we move on and as we learn the lessons that's, that's from true. this very interesting that's year. Very true. And some of the writings are probably going to be eschatological. You know, I mean, people are still going to write about what they consider to be the end, mm. the end of life as we know it. But the beauty is that for God, the end always starts another beginning.
1: I, you actually are going into the subject of our discussion, for really. Today. So, sorry, what, I, I what, didn't what mean to read your mind. That. That's okay, that's okay, that's okay because that's why you're here. Yeah, so the, the big conversation today is about, mm. about leadership in uncertain times because mm. the more complex things are, the more we need leadership, and we think that. These are very unusual times, and we're trying to explore what kind of leadership will be needed. Mm-hmm. What should leaders do? How have leaders in the past dealt with such disruptive situations?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we've had a session with um, Seloma, that was CEO of MTN. Yes. We looked at business. We did one with Abiola Bewa. We mm-hmm. looked at life. Mm-hmm. and then also about business. Mm-hmm. Then we did one with Patrick Ewell last week. Yes. Looked at education. education. And your session is very interesting because we are looking at biblical times. Mm-hmm. Did we have uncertain periods? Oh my goodness, didn't And we? out of those examples, a couple that you may want to pick up and then show us what kind of disruption it was and how leadership responded. And then we're going to try and find out Parallels in today's world. I must say, the whole week I've been trying to ask myself, which one will should go for?
3: <laughs>
4: will it be war? Will it be
1: farming? Will it be succession?
4: So you, you, you promise not to tell me. So I won't now, tell you. now, now I can tell. Now
1: we can give you your your first. Let's let's have let's have your preliminary thoughts uninterrupted for let's say, ten minutes, and then we'll come back and okay. begin to unravel or unpack the issues. Right, so the over to you, leadership in On Certain Times, Biblical Versus
4: Contemporary. Thank you very much, Albert. Actually, the Bible is replete with disruptions. And one of those that's, that comes uh, fairly easily is how God called Abraham out of his home and then planted him where he didn't even know he was going and then his first confrontation is with a famine. Now that's not what I'm going to talk about. What I want to talk about is the fact that God's dealings with us have been such that we have come out of disruptive situations and gone on to do well. One of my favorite portions of scripture is 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. It is the story of Jehoshaphat. And as we will say in Ghanaian parlance, he was sitting here somewhere. Then he gets a report that three strong nations are coming to attack him. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people from Mount Seir. He panics because Judah was not prepared for war. They hadn't thought of war. Usually when you think that you have enemies around who are spoiling for war you get prepared but they they, they were not contemplating any such thing so it it was panic and very disruptive so what Jehoshaphat does is he just calls everybody says look we are in this together come let's seek God's face let's go pray to him let's fast let's go pray to him and, and see what he will tell us and he, he says a very beautiful prayer. Talks about, you know, how God has taken them through difficulties and how God even told them not to attack these people who are coming to attack them. And, and then sort of tells God, you see, the ingratitude and so on. But one of the verses I like, which I think should characterize the way we see things, is verse 12 of Second Chronicles 20. And he says... Lord, this is too much for us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That statement is very, very instructive. Because there comes a time when in disruptions, you really have not come face to face with that kind of disruptive situation before. You don't know what to do. And if you are a Christian, (laughs) the only one you can turn to is the one who knows everything. And that's God. So he does that. And God, true to his word, by verse 15, God raises someone who says, look, God says to tell you, don't worry. This is not your battle. It belongs to the Lord. However, go out and face the enemy. And God even says through the prophet exactly where they are going to be. So God says, tomorrow go and face them. So the issue is, don't cower in fear. Face the situation. Face the enemy. Just go out there. Face the enemy. However, let me assure you, I will help you. I will help you. But God says you don't even have to fight. Just stand still and see the deliverance that I, God, will give you. You know, what what thrills me about this story is that God is saying, there are things that you can do. So get up, go face the people, but there are things you cannot do. Leave them to me. I think usually when we face crisis, we we want to help God out. You know, we want to find solutions ourselves. And so we don't even allow ourselves time to think. But anyway, the story goes on. And one of the things that Jehoshaphat does is to actually give glory to God and sing and praise him. You would think that he's going to war, he's going to face the enemy. Why should he praise and sing? But that's what he does. And the Bible says that as he does that, God sets ambushes. Now these people who have come to attack Jehoshaphat and Judah, attack themselves and just finish themselves. And so they get there and all they have is booty. Things that they are even going to use to uh, make the economy better, make their lives better. The Bible says that it took them three days to gather all the beauty. Can you imagine the sort of uh, arsenal that these three nations had, the horses they had, the camels they had, and, and the jewelry and all that they had. This is going to help Judah. But the last sentence, which I like, I think it's verse 30, it says that fear came upon all the people around them because they knew God had helped them. That's a story I think is filled with uh, lessons for us. The second story is found in the book of Acts. It's not as dramatic. But in the book of Acts in chapter 6, we read that there was a lot of uh, unrest, murmurings and quarrels between the Hebraic Jews and the Hellenistic Jews. That is, uh, the Jews who had lived around places where Greek was spoken and spoke Greek and those who had remained in Judah and therefore Uh, spoke Hebrew and the issue was that those who had become Christians and were benefiting from one another felt that they were being discriminated. Those who spoke Greek felt that they were being discriminated by those who spoke Hebrew. And it had become so intense that it had become disruptive. The, 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 The apostles felt that well. I mean, how are we going to solve these quarrels? And so the answer is that, look, let's find people who will deal with the administration of the congregation so that we can concentrate on the study of God's word and the preaching thereof. And I think that has become a way in which um, in church you have those who do administration and then those who actually preach. Uh, But the choice of even the seven people, one of whom was Stephen that everybody speaks about, was that they were to be people who were full of the Holy Spirit, people who were diligent, people who were full of integrity. You know, so it was a kind of leadership that required practically the same kind of leadership that those who broke down the word of God would have. I like these two disruptive stories and what comes out of them because, you see, the Bible is about God and people. It's, it's not some sacred uh, book gilted in gold which is not real. The Bible itself describes itself as a word of God which is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. So it means that as Christians we must use God's word to solve our daily problems because in the Bible we find God's dealings with people, how God helps people to deal with their life situations, everyday life situations whether it's an attack which is so disruptive because you're not prepared for it, or whether it's a, it's a, a human, human-centered disruption of um, unrest, you know. And we have that all the time. We have these things all the time. And there are times when from uh, without, you know, certain things happen. Uh, during the time of uh, difficulty in the country I'm sorry to talk about this but during the time when electricity was so difficult to come by it was an external thing to most businesses but it ruined people's businesses COVID is external and it has ruined people's businesses you know, so there are times when certain things will come from outside of you, things you cannot control and then it just ruins everything for you But even in such situations, God has answers because he calls your attention to the fact that, look, there are certain things you can do. Get up and go and do those things. There are certain things you cannot do, but I'll help you to do them because I'll create conditions for you first to become enough to think. Calm enough to plan calm enough to prepare to deal with the situation most of the time we forget it I'm so saddened by the fact that many of us don't use the word of God to resolve everyday problems it saddens me a lot
1: Wow Interesting opening thoughts, Auntie Joyce, and I'm gonna try and see if I can summarize them as <laughs> You're best so good as at I these can. things. I try. You should try I and try. send me
4: what you have summarized well, by by WhatsApp. Well you, I you will are do so brilliant. I will do so. So, You're brilliant. So you chose to
1: I, I tell you what, if you had asked me to guess and let me tell you what um, I was I, um I I assumed you would go with Joseph. <laughs> Joseph and the farming in yeah. Egypt because <laughs> and we'll come to that okay. once you are talking yeah. let's let yes, we'll yes. bridge that as well Yeah. but a disruption to you is really like Riley said is something that, that changes the course, the regular course of events yeah. in a way that makes it difficult to continue
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the same way that you, you have done before and in your opening comments you mentioned that in your entire life you've not seen anything disrupt the world so badly so Fundamentally, now in trying to look at the biblical examples of disruptions, you chose one situation where there was there was war, mm. military strife. Yes. The second one you chose, surprisingly or, or interestingly, is closer to home than one mm. one may even think. I think yes, a situation where resource allocation is being debated mm-hmm. because resources are naturally limited, but people feel that. Some are not being taken care of enough and they feel you are being left out and it begins to disrupt the The daily thing. The core business of governance. So in your first example, you 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 highlight seven seven issues. You say in the battle of Jehoshaphat versus the people that came against him, the first thing he says, This battle is too big for me. This challenge, this disruption is too big for me. So my eyes are on you. So when you face COVID or any challenging situation. First thing, God, this thing is far bigger than anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so my eyes are on you. The second thing that she points out is the fact that God says, I will help you. You've called upon me, call upon me and I will answer you. So I will help you. Then the third thing that God says is for me the most remarkable. Even though I will help you, go out there and do what you have to do. There are things you can do and you must do them. There are things you can't do. Leave them to me, but do what you can do before I do what I will do. Yes. For me,
4: that is that is so significant. The biggest point, yes, so significant.
1: Biggest learning point from this, the, the first um, crisis. The fourth one is thankfulness. In trying to navigate his way through the situation, Joshua found it in himself, on instruction from God, to give thanks to God in all things. Give thanks. Mm-hmm. The fifth one is that as he combined his strategy plus his gratitude, God came through for him in an unprecedented way. Yes. And in the midst of crisis, in the midst of difficulty, he was able to come across a bountiful harvest that required three whole days. Yes.
2: Three Three days. days.
1: Those are are what they call prophetic messages. You don't need to put on a gown to prophesy. Because really, I've met people and, and, and I've had even interviews on this, in this thread mm-hmm. where people have said, in the year that was supposed to be the most disruptive year of our lives, I've seen the mighty hand of Jehovah yes. in a way I've never, never seen before Amen.
4: in life. And I, I know in my spirit mm. that Ghana is going to come out of this better. Stronger. Better, stronger and that you know, uh, unlike the situation where we think look all our resources are gone this is the time when we're going to come into bounty
1: this is not the first time I've heard this and time I hear it I become more convinced that it is God speaking Yes, how it will happen I we don't, know. don't know and we I would do not, not be know. shy to say I don't know but exactly. I have a strong yes. conviction in my heart that not just Ghana but Africa
4: Africa yes Yes, we will come
1: out of it stronger. So, the verse you were alluding to was verse 29. That yes, says, yes. Fear came upon all the people yes. because obviously what had happened could not have been the work of man. No. It when couldn't when have God been. God small, Judah. turns things around in the way that He will. Yes. Everyone will acknowledge that this one could not have been done by man. Amen. Then, that. your final point, or that point that you, 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 the verse 30 that you did not read, the Bible says, God give them rest. rest.
4: Rest uh, all, all around. around. All around. All You know what? I have I, a
1: very. Really very graphic imagination. I'm, yeah. So when the Bible says God give them rest all around, I'm just imagining somebody sitting on the beach just relaxing <laughs> watching the sea. If
2: I'm singing, a beach. a <laughs>
1: Hallelujah
4: <laughs> <Yes, laughs> <you know? laughs> yes. to that. Yeah. Auntie Joyce. Yeah. May God make it happen for our country. In the name of Jesus it will. Amen. May God make this In nation the name experience of Jesus, rest all around. Will. God will make it
1: happen. So, so you start with a situation where military threats, yes, or military um, ambushment threatens to derail a whole nation, right? And end with a nation that is so prosperous that gathering, gathering the blessing becomes yes. an exercise,
4: like an exercise. <laughs> it becomes a an long
1: exercise, a long-standing exercise. exercise of gathering the yes. blessings of a crisis. Yes. Yeah. That's a nice title, The Blessings of a Disruption.
2: <laughs> yes, I know
1: it's going to be a book. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Then you go to your second crisis. But I'm going to ask you afterwards, which, which of the two is your favorite? because <laughs> it, it, it would look like, you said the second one is not as dramatic, but because of its applicability yes. to everyday life situations, yes. it carries lessons that I believe are very interesting. Yes, very much so. So you go to Acts chapter 6 verse 1 and Regular, the, the regular business of the time yes. was preaching the gospel, revival, yes. planting church. Then food, food, which is really a core. It's an everyday thing. Yes, everyday thing. Food becomes a big issue. So big that the core business is disrupted. Has to stop. Yes. It's disrupted it's because disrupted. issues of food, issues of resource mm. allocation, issues of opportunity. Yes. Are being debated,
4: and not even the food alone, but the, the bitter root of uh, um, disaffection, underpinning tensions, yes. sectarianism, sectarianism, groups, groups. You know what? What in the in 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 the list of uh, um, carnal Christian, you know, things is called uh, dissensions. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, Mm -hmm. dissensions. In uh, Galatians 5 from 19, one of the uh, things that uh, uh, carnal Christians display is dissension. And I think in the NLT, talks about um, cliques, Mm. you know. So the Hebraic clique versus the Hellenistic clique. Mm. You know, why am I not getting enough? Why is it, you know... Is it because uh, in Jerusalem we are in it, uh, you know. And these things tend to just, you know, what does the Bible say? It says the little foxes. They, destroy,
1: they destroy,
4: the vine. destroy the vine.
1: Aunt Jess, from where you sit as an elder stateswoman, somebody that we look up to very much so across the whole nation, uh, um, different people from different backgrounds, how important is it that we stand together? I mean, against the backdrop, I, before I even summarize the second one, against the backdrop of the first discussion. Yeah. A period potentially beneficial to our nation. yes, Potentially a time of upliftment where we will spend a lot of time gathering. Now we get to the second point and you see the potential of divisions yes. um, of any form. mm mm-hmm. To disrupt the progress yes. how important is it for us to stand together as one people in this nation
4: it is so critical it's so critical that we see ourselves as one people now more than ever because if you if you take the example of what we will gain from being together then anything that will disrupt this wonderful opportunity to gather so much is actually very dangerous, very, very dangerous. You know, because distractions of any sort always steal from your opportunities. Mm.
1: Isn't it interesting how these two stories are suddenly yes. beginning to come together? Yes, amazing, isn't it? Is it? It, it, it is. It is. So, so, this second story, this disruption is going on and is beginning to grow. Yes. Then, at a point, the leaders say, listen, hold it. Let's not lose sight of why we are here. Our core business is to do this gospel, preach this gospel, advance this gospel. And at this rate, this will totally disrupt. The core business. So, lesson number one resource allocation, food, and so on. Basic, things, begin. Of li- Basic yes. things of life. Basic things of life. Yes. And the quarrels yes. are driven along groupings, sectarian. In fact, that is, that, is what,
4: that is what we are experiencing. Right. You know, because one of the things that really uh, tear a nation apart is whenever people feel that they're being left out of resource distribution. It always tears the nation apart. Right. Even it tears the home apart. Mm-hmm. You know, when, whenever children begin to feel that parents are showing more, giving more attention... Favoritism. Favoritism. You know, they, it, it always causes problems. You know, so as a country in a time of such extreme crisis like COVID... And what it has done to the nation—any division will tear the country apart more than anything. And I'm just praying that that will be at the back of our minds, even when we com- even as we compete to run the nation. So you're saying let's compete, but let's not divide ourselves. Don't let's
1: divide ourselves. Let's compete. How, 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 how is it possible? Because. It would seem that it is becoming the the norm and if I may stretch it a bit, look at America. Okay. America is going to an election and it's almost as if it's two nations. In, it's imploding. One, two nations in one geographical. I, I, I know we could do much better in Ghana, but I, I, I shudder to say that America is really on the brink, almost like two nations in one geographical location. I'll
4: send you I'll send you a, a prophetic word that I I I, I listened to. Uh, on on YouTube. You know, almost... It's it's uncanny. It's uncanny. And somebody also sent me something from Hitler's time, where apparently Hitler was even preaching the destruction of the police so that uh, the SS could, um, you know, have opportunity to... Whatever, anyway. But, you know, um, it's like... um, in a house, you know, in secondary school, in a house in secondary. Which house were you in? I was in Southpico House in Infants School. Oh, you were in Infants Wing. Oh, yes, yeah, the one yeah, I, yeah. In I know it was the Methuselah, <laughs> the Methuselah, as against the Solomon. Of oh, don't let's go there. I'll be going back home after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, <clears throat> you know, at least in Achimota, what happened was that. In order to garner some points uh, before the inter-house games there were competitions you know internally in the house so so that if for example it was hockey or netball or so you would compete so that you would be on the team for the house you know but the thing is that the, the essence is that it is the, the the house team that's going to play against another house so that internal competition is not meant to create the kind of situation which will, uh, 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 you know, dampen the spirits of the house team. Right. I'm sure it happened in your Absolutely. school. Yes. Absolutely. You know, because you had to choose a team to represent the house. Right. But you had to compete. To get a team. To get a team. It's a conversation that we
1: need to have about It is for the structure also that makes it feel that if you don't get something then you get nothing. But we'll come back to that. So, Auntie Joyce, um, for those who may have just joined us, this is Springboard, your virtual university, a conversation about leadership in uncertain times. Our focus for today is biblical versus contemporary times. And I'm just trying to summarize the thoughts of Dr. Joyce. I must admit I've been carried away. We'll <laughs> go for a brief break. When I come back, I'm going to be giving you the, the full summary of the second crisis, but one thing is becoming very clear that the first crisis in the Old Testament and the second crisis in the New Testament are cousins, first cousins, yes. very much related. And the crisis of a military ambushment has very significant correlations with the crisis of resource allocation or food distribution. Please don't go away.
3: Core Hangout this week. How does your business survive the uncertainties of the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond? The digital space has been identified as a key driver. So on your favorite Thursday night hangout, the Core Hangout, we are cracking the digital marketing code with a crack panel of some of the industry's finest. Comfortable hosts Maximus Ametogor, Jamila Abdullahi and Steven Nasebwedi. That sensational Nenana will also be in the house to serenade you with some Afro soul music and more. So, join us at 7 p.m. on Zoom and also live on Facebook at Core Program. E Learning for Week 11. On the Core Program this week, we are learning about surviving disruptions in life and work with Dr. Richmond Coleman. In this episode, we learn how to cope with unexpected situations that occur in our lives. The episode shares four tips for building resilience to deal with disruptions in our lives and work.
1: Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university. A big conversation about leadership in uncertain times. And I get to have to myself for the whole hour, the one and only Aunt Joyce, Dr. Mm -hmm. Joyce I, in fact, Reverend Dr. Joyce Ayi. <laughs> we get to forget sometimes that you are the Reverend Minister, but you, everyone
4: calls you Auntie Joyce. Auntie Joyce, the that's, what I love, the that's what Auntie I love the most. That's what I love the Makes me related to everybody in Ghana. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and we've been talking about crisis
1: from the scriptural perspective and trying to strengthen them into the real life situations that we face on a day by day basis and the relevance of the lessons from them. We've looked first at Second Chronicles chapter 20 and the, the issue of Jehoshaphat fighting the kings that came against him and now we are on Acts chapter 6 looking at a crisis arising from food distribution, resource allocation, people coming together and focusing much more on the, what divided them than on what united them. So, lesson number one, he says there were quarrels over food and resource allocation because people felt more divided than united. Second thing, it was disrupting the core business, the main reason why they had come together, which was the preaching of the gospel. Number three, the, the leaders came together and said, let us share the rules, delegate. One group of people should be assigned to the distribution of food, organized, And then the other group or the rest of us will focus on our core. So it's about sharing responsibility. Something that we will need in a crisis moment like this. But the fourth is probably my favorite in the second one. She says, the criteria used to find leaders in uncertain times to share food was comparable to the the criteria used to select leaders to preach the gospel. Amen. So people selected to share food, stewards, just food sharers, mm-hmm. were supposed to be men one, of good reputation, two, full of the Holy Spirit, and three, wisdom, discretion, understanding, knowledge. These are the criteria that we are used to select people just to share food. Yes. And yes, leadership is not easy. No. I mean, from this, I am just imagining that whether it's assemblyman,
4: Uh, unit committee, anything. Leadership is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. And isn't it interesting, again, that uh, we read immediately in chapter seven that Stephen was virtually as good as an apostle.
1: In fact, I was looking at the World Economic Forum report,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and this is I use the word prophetic a bit more liberally, and I hope nobody gets offended by using that word. is, is an everyday thing, yes, it is. is you are either
4: foretelling, yes. or foretelling,
1: indeed, yes, indeed. And so, interestingly, the World Economic Forum report that came out a number of years ago mm-hmm. on the year 2020 and beyond, Mm -hmm. the kind of attributes that it will be required to successfully operate professionally in the year 2020 and beyond. And And They used the year 2020 as a landmark year, bearing in mind that Mm. technology will by then begin to displace jobs and begin to redefine the way work is done. Mm -hmm. They did not account for COVID.
4: No. But but isn't it technology dis- acceler- it, it, it just literally <laughs> accelerated so how do we what do? I called uh-huh. prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> to make
1: technology displaced? <laughs> but it doesn't to choice. The yes. interesting thing is that mm-hmm. in that list of things that they put out there that said, this is what you will need to do to be relevant in 2020 and beyond. Guess what? The number 10. Mm-hmm. The first one was complex Problem solving, solving something that we are seeing here, yes, very much, so, very much. Mm-hmm. But the tenth point mm-hmm. what was cognitive it? Cognitive flexibility. Easy. So, you are talking mm-hmm. about a Stephen who today is washing dishes and serving, yes, food, carrying bags of food, and the next, next day, minute is preaching, preaching, and real this, preaching. You have done leadership in politics, leadership mm. in corporate, you've yeah. done leadership. In ministry you've done leadership in social not-for-profits and so on how important is this flexibility that I'm talking about
4: it is critical you know because in everything we do we're dealing with people people of different kinds and we're dealing with situations that we can't always control and so if you're not flexible you you won't survive You can sort of try and push your way through things, but you will just break up because you lack the skill of being cognitively flexible. Because what happens today and you're able to solve may not be the same thing Mm. that is going to happen tomorrow, even though it, 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 it may seem like life as normal. So we really need as individuals, and I I really believe a lot in individual responsibility. I believe that each of us has an area of leadership, small, minuscule, huge, and so on to to deal with. But each of us must recognize that we need to practice the same leadership skills Mm -hmm. we expect of our top top leaders right. at our at our level as well wonderful you know wonderful because a time may come when we will be thrust into positions that we hadn't thought of but that have become necessary let me push you a bit talking about positions that you you you, you
1: probably did not anticipate let me, go, let me go into when you were in political office. Mm.
4: That, that's a very challenging... Yes, I, I was not anticipated. <laughs> and I'm <was> sure <laughs> that, before, that you were in the information ministry. I was. In a, a difficult time. How did, In a difficult time. What skills
1: know? did you use to survive? Because I'm, I can imagine that the Minister of Information, could just listen to you? Yes. Today, saying, let me pick a few things. Because <laughs> in crisis moments, yes. what kind of you skill know, is required to communicate to people?
4: I think the scale is a certain understanding of, what, well, empathy, mm. what people are going through. Mm. Let me use the word empathy. Right. You know, because we, we need to understand that situations bring all sorts of emotions in people's lives. Right. And one of the things I used to uh, share a lot with uh, the people I worked with was the fact that, look... This revolution is not something that people like. A lot of people have different emotions around it, and and yet you're supposed to run a country. You're supposed to create a conducive atmosphere. You know, that's what Ministry of Information is supposed to Create a conducive atmosphere. Let people feel that, look, things may not be normal, but life has to go on. And if you are not empathetic, you tend to think that because you understand things, or because you are in a certain place of knowledge, that everybody must be like that, you know. And when you do that, you rub people the wrong way because you really become almost tyrannical, mm. and you can't get along when. You are not empathetic So to empathy,
1: you are saying, will be the yes. first key to yes. communicating with people. Exactly. So empathy is like saying, I know how you I feel. feel. I, yes. understand. I understand. I can relate. I, can relate. I am, I am relate. there with you. Yes. Is I've it, been through it before. Is empathy like that? revealed by body language, by actions, or by the words?
4: By all. Oh, your body language is very important. You know I can be saying good morning to you and yet I'll have a sneer instead of a smile, Mm. you know. Or my body will just show that really. I'm just saying it because I have to say it. So body language is critical in communication. Body language is very important because your words, I mean, you may have practiced your words, but what your body says is really what you mean. Wow. Yeah. Beyond empathy, give me one
1: more thing. I'm sure many leaders are listening to you, corporate leaders looking for direction about how to deal with their people. And of course, empathy is one big thing. If you are telling people who have lost their jobs or lost half their salaries, or um, I I sat in a rented car last week and I was talking to the driver and he says, this is the first time I'm driving since March. I've frozen the car like this. I felt so grateful to God. Because <laughs> you
2: felt yes,
1: for the person, you felt for his boss, you felt for their business. Yes. I, I can relate for to empathy. His family. For his family. So let me ask you which other skill will one need in relation to people? Just give me two. Give me one, one empathy. Give me one more. Either about communication style, either about the thinking, either about relationship. What one more thing would you say people would need in, in relation to people? The
4: other thing I would uh, talk about is humility. Humility. I think humility enables us also to imbibe certain human skills. You know, when you're relating to people, you have to come to the level where you know, look, the same blood that runs Mm. through Mm. Albert is the same blood that runs through me.
1: Have you cried before, close your door and cried as a leader. Yes. About, tell, tell me about that.
4: Yes. You know, when, when you wish you could resolve a certain problem, and yet you know that no matter how devoted you are, no matter how ready you are, you probably don't have the resources to do it. Is, is that what Joshua had faced in the, in the, in the first yes. First he, he, he didn't have a ready army. He did not have a ready army because there was no threat of war. So he, he the army was not ready. They probably didn't even have the spears. They didn't have the strength. You know, they didn't have anything.
1: When I come back from this break, I'm going to be asking you to sum up your thoughts. I hate to close a program with you anytime you come. <laughs> I want to do this all my life, but let me give you a couple, of, a couple of very important announcements. This Thursday on the Core Hangout, we are looking at social media. Social media, the digital platform as an enabler for what you are doing. Everyone needs to log on from wherever you are in the world because this current dispensation is driven by Technology or the digital platforms as enablers for whatever you are doing, whether it's education, church, um, social life, business, whatever. Join Comfort and her guests this Thursday on our Zoom platform or our Facebook page, and just enjoy the discussion about social media, digital platforms as enablers. It's at 7 p.m. to 8:30, and you can join us. Also, note that on the core program e-learning platform this week. We'll be looking at surviving disruptions in life and work, and you will find that presentation very, very interesting. Clinical psychology showing you how the various disruptions can be confronted for solutions to confronting these disruptions, and you'll find it very, very helpful. So these are the two announcements that I have for you. Dr. Joyce, so we've looked at two disruptions, war and then food or resource allocation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for me the big takeaways empathy and humility. humility. What would be your closing thoughts for our viewers and our listeners out there looking for the key to navigating what has been the most disruptive time in their lives as individuals, mm-hmm. as businesses and as a nation.
4: This is the time that we should realize um, the importance of working together. Mm. Usually when we are thinking of working together, we're thinking of a team. So you're on my team, I'm not on it. But the thing is that let's look at being together. Let's say you are in, in the banking space. Yes, as different banks, you're competing but underlying all this competition are certain core things that you must do together to survive in the space let's say you are in something as mundane as cloth making we must learn to work together rather than apart you know because synergy produces far greater results Mm. Than trying to go it alone, absolutely, and nature even shows us nature even shows us that. What greater synergy can you have than you breathing out carbon dioxide and the plants taking up your carbon dioxide and producing oxygen for you? Beautiful. So, God has worked synergy into, into life, mm. into the very fabric of life we can't do without it right let's work together let's recognize that life becomes better when this mindset of doing things together enables us to be empathetic towards one another and to stand in humility towards one another
1: if there is one thing i'm carrying away tonight It is the fact that we we can have different persuasions, but we can work together. And when we are empathetic and we are humble.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: we can connect with people in a way that would make them come along with us in the pursuit of the ideals that are on our hearts. This has been the big conversation, and our guest for tonight has been the Auntie Joyce, <laughs> the one and only <laughs> Auntie Joyce. Thank you so much for making time to join Thank us. Thank you so much All for having problem. me. Had a wonderful time, and let's do yes. this again. Oh,
4: indeed.
0: Let's let let, do this let again. Let's
1: do it again. Let's have this conversation again, and if you listening it. out there, God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. Good night.